chase is on. Welcome to Chasing Ballgame, the sports betting podcast that is ready for the weekend. I am Jimmy Brown, your humble host, and I'm excited for our Friday edition of Chasing Ballgame as we end our first full week of this brand new sports betting podcast. And I really want to thank all the new listeners that have tuned in as well as the new followers on social media, um, which we uh, lovingly refer to as chasers because all we do is share uh, thoughts about picks and games and information. And I love to share it right here on the show each and every day because there's always time for the chasers to be heard. So if you want to talk sports and you want to be on the show, just hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at Chasing Ball Game because I will make sure that you are part of the show each and every day. Speaking of today, all you hear about around the airwaves is Baseball Hall of Fame, who should have been selected, who shouldn't, not here. Don't have time for it. To me, interesting, sure, good to debate about it, but there's other stuff that's more important. At this point, to me, if you're talking baseball, you're missing out. Today, we're going to go full tilt for Friday. Start things off with betting the buckets, the NBA segment of the show that breaks down basketball with great segments like Beyond the Box Score, Counter Crunch. We have a new segment for today, Superstar Spotlight, and of course, of not only a pick against the spread for tonight in the NBA, but I'll tell you about a few other games that should catch your attention for the weekend. Then we gallop over to the gridiron, and we're going to talk football. Of course, it's championship weekend. I do have a burning question that I want to ask the Chasers about when it comes comes to Tom Brady, and I want to hear from you because this show is all about the Chasers. But then, of course, I'm going to break down the AFC Championship game, predictions, stats, trends. I'm going to throw in some prop bets for the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game, and then give out my Super Bowl selection for the final four remaining teams. As always, Chasing Ball Game is blazing quick with more than one pick. So let's get this thing started. We're headed right to the NBA and beyond the box score where I look back at a few games. Today I have two. Break it down for things that we can pay attention to in the future. And let's let's look back at the Warriors versus Thunder. Look, and I love Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, he got another triple-double. I, I, I really do like him. But can we finally agree that the Westbrook versus KD thing is not a rivalry? And if anything, it's overblown. I mean, I get it. You can tell they don't like each other because they do play a physical style of basketball. There's plenty of hard fouls, um, which is good, by the way, if you like the over. Because whenever you can get some extra free throws, it's always a good thing. But really, the Warriors are just that much better. It showed in the blowout win. Not to mention home court. You have to know that home court is important. The Warriors finished off a perfect homestand. 4-0, again, a blowout victory over the Thunder. They've enjoyed an average margin of 21.5 points in the wins. All of them, the Heat, Pistons, Cavaliers, and Thunders. Thunder. Um, <clears throat> this game said so much to me. First, got to watch lineups. I talked about it yesterday uh, in Chasing Ball Game podcast. Clay Thompson, at one minute he was ruled out. Then at the last minute he was said to be in. Then, of course, he ended up being in. The Chasers helped me watch Clay and his rumors about sitting, and we were posting it all over Twitter. And I mentioned the guys that helped me out yesterday. I really appreciate it. So Golden State had a full lineup. If you were betting against Golden State thinking Clay Thompson would be out, you would have got burned late. So you have to pay attention to that kind of thing. Golden State was really, really sloppy. Truth be told, they were tied at halftime for the first time all season. And they had 13 first-half turnovers and 18 total. So they really have to take better care of the ball. Kevin Durant, you could tell he kind of got up for, for this game. He led the Warriors 40 points, 12 boards. 
He racked up 39 points in the first matchup. By the way, third player in NBA history to score at least 35 points in each of his first two games against the former team. So to me, that's how good Golden State is, is that they can kind of funnel the ball through a certain player on one night because obviously he wanted to do well against his former team, but they're that good where they can kind of change the offense or at least the focus of the offense on a normal basis. And then the thing to consider is that this team could be on the rebound when it comes to the betting window. After a slow start to the beginning of the season, and not to mention an 0-6 against the spread run, the Warriors have now cashed three straight, and as I mentioned before, they've all been blowout wins. Plus, I thought it was very, very impressive. They had no letdown after beating the Cavs on the holiday, which of course was a very big game to them. One more game I want to talk about, the Kings versus the Pacers. First of all, talk about an ugly, bad beat in this game if you had the Sacramento Kings, but I'll have more on that later. What I really wanted to focus on this game, crucial injury. Okay, The Kings were competing for the eighth seed in the West, and they announced basically on Wednesday that veteran forward Rudy Gay, he suffered a suspected torn left Achilles tendon in the third quarter of Sacramento. It, it, that's, t- that's a tough loss for this team who have enough trouble focusing, have enough trouble getting point protection out of anybody besides Boogie. I think this is going to be tough for this team, and it could get them in a downward spiral of sorts. Now let's go to the Superstar Spotlight. This is a brand new segment. I want to focus on uh, superstars in the NBA. Let's face it, the NBA is a league of superstars. No other league, in my opinion, highlights their stars as well as the NBA. Their stars in other leagues, the NFL, Major League Baseball, college, whatever. But to me, the NBA does it best. So I thought maybe if I looked at a superstar and connected it to sports betting in different cases, in this case it's going to be NBA futures, it would give us an insight on how much they have an effect. So let's start, of course, one of the best players in the league, LeBron James. Now look, no shocker, right? Superstar spotlight, I say LeBron James. Nobody's going to go, wow, is he really good? But there's a lot of stats you may not know. We know the Cavs are the best team in the East. We know LeBron um, is one of the best players in, in the world, but you may not realize just how good he is. After the He missed the playoffs in his first two seasons. His teams have been a top-four seed each of the last 11 seasons, which means they don't make the playoffs. He is used to finishing first or second in the East. Nine straight seasons that LeBron enters the playoffs with a top-two seed. So, again, if you're betting on him to win the East, you're not making a bad bet. Now, I get it. The value's not always there, but the track record is. And not only has he played in six straight finals, something no player has done since Bill Russell, but he's been in the championship round in seven of the last ten seasons. So it would almost seem like a value bet taking Cleveland to win the East, taking Cleveland to win the NBA Finals, and then hedge with another team, especially in the East. Let's face it, there's only a couple other teams like Toronto and Boston that even have a shot. After that, the nearest odds is Milwaukee. They're sitting at about 40-1. to So think about that. That's three teams that can win the East. And I get it. You don't get a lot of value with Cleveland. But if you hedge along the way, you can end up making money. It's a a long season in the NBA. And look, though he missed the playoffs in the first two seasons, James has never, never been eliminated in his team's opening series of the playoffs, which means a money line bet, albeit rather huge because they're probably going to draw the 8 or 7 seed. Again, something to look at. I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big fan of taking big chalk, but these numbers don't lie. Uh, it, look, and if we want to talk, we got M- MVP too. Among the 31 players in NBA history who won an MVP award, five had a better win percentage in the regular season, so he does very well. So you can take him for MVP. Again, you're not going to get a lot of value, but unlike the NFL, in the NFL, when you win MVP like your Tom Brady's or your Coach of the Year like your uh, Belichick's of the world, after a while, 
they're just so used to being so good they don't win the award any anymore. But not in the NBA. LeBron can win this thing seven, eight times in a row. Again, you don't get some value, but just something to consider. That's all I want to do. Let's give you new angles, new insights, and that's what we're doing in the calendar crunch. The calendar crunch is simple. We're looking at the schedule and picking out some weak spots or strong spots. Not always a pick. Definitely something that I want you to highlight. Let's start with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're at Utah on Monday after a four-day break without a game. And when they play Utah, it will be the second game in eight days for the Thunder. Meanwhile, third game in four nights for the Jazz. That's exactly what the calendar crunch is all about. You find a good team like the Thunder in a rested spot, a laydown spot, if you will. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the Jazz in a tough spot. And speaking of the Jazz, after that game against the Thunder, they play the very next night in Denver, in high altitude. One of the toughest places to play in the NBA. That will be their fourth game in five nights. To me, that's the true gem of the calendar crunch. If you're hunting for a tough spot in the NBA, four games in five nights, and that'll be the Jazz. So to me, if they play well against the Thunder, which I don't think they will, they're going to struggle the next night for sure. Other quick notes to consider. Blazers are on a quick four-game East Coast trip uh, because they're at Philly tonight. The line is kind of giving you a, an example because this is a pick of minus one from what I'm looking at. That kind of just gives you a hint to how tough this game could be for the Blazers. Uh, but they play at Boston on Saturday night. That'll be their third game at four nights. And when a team out west goes eats, it, it's never pretty. And the same could be said for the Suns. They're also on a three-game and four-nights East Coast trip. And on Sunday night, they'll cross the border to play the Raptors in Canada for their third game and four nights for a team that is flu ridden i mentioned that yesterday the suns have plenty of players that are dealing with uh, not only tired legs but the flu so got to keep that in mind and that's the calendar crunch now if you have a calendar crunch because look i look at the schedule every day but there's no doubt i can miss some games please hit me up on twitter or facebook at chasing ball game and share it and i'll make sure to feature it right here but now on to the picks last time out i had sacramento kings as a pick them and man was that a tough one Pacers shot 41% from the field in the first half. They were out-rebounded 24-11. They trailed by as many as 22 points in the first half and then outscored Sacramento 65-40 to in the final two quarters to win for the seventh time in eight games. Look, that gay injury hurt too, Rudy Gay. But I love to sit here and bang my chest and take credit for my wins, so I'm certainly going to take responsibility for my losses. Again, I don't sell my picks. I'm just here to give you some insight and my thoughts on the games. If you're on board with me, then let's go get it. And if you're not, that's okay too. Look, if I'm going to lose streak, fade me. But I like to be honest. That's why I'm here. And tonight, get ready, hold your nose. I'm on the Lakers plus one over those very same Indiana Pacers. Now I know what you're doing. You're scratching your head, right? You're saying, wait a minute. The Pacers are playing their best basketball this season. They're looking for their eighth victory in the past nine games. The Lakers are sliding in the wrong direction, five consecutive losses. So why am I against the Pacers? Well, the NBA is a night-by-night league, and what I mean by that is you can't take one game from one night and then assume that team will play exactly the same the next night. Not only that, Pacers are going to have some letdown. Forget the fact that they had an incredible, I'll even call it record-setting kind of comeback against the Kings, but they got the 500th career win for head coach Nate McMillan, so there's going to be some celebrating going on. They're not going to get up for a team like the Lakers, who are not a contender. Also, they'll be playing two games in three nights with a back-to-back set tomorrow against the Jazz. Uh... So think about this, two and three against the Lakers, then tomorrow against the Jazz, it'll be three and four. 
So what I like about that is that gives me a shot to hedge. If I take the Lakers tonight and they don't win, it's definitely a good spot to take the Jazz tomorrow night. But I really like the Lakers. Lakers have two nights off. They're going to be well-rested. Their starting lineup's starting to come together and actually look pretty good, in my opinion, despite the win-loss uh, results at the moment. Pacers 0-3-1 and get spread in the last four meetings. And again, good hedge spot if the Pacers lose tonight. So I like that. It gives me more options because when it's a long season like the NBA, you have to be prepared that'll do it for the nba let's head right over to the nfl the nfl this segment brought to you by top rated online sportsbook mybookie.ag which is the official sports betting site of the chasing ball game podcast look i will not give you a book that i don't play at and i will not give you a book that does not have a reputation um, that does not have a, a quality management team that knows how to take care of you. Because if you want to bet, you've got to make sure, especially in this day and age, you bet with a safe and secure location. More importantly, you have to make sure that you get paid. So if you think you know who's going to win this weekend, and you know you do because I do, um, you play at mybookie.ag. You play there, you win, you get paid, and that's what's important. More importantly, if you sign up at mybookie.ag and say you heard about it, Right here by using the promo code CHASER, that's C-H-A-S-E-R. Just tell them you're a chaser. You will get an exclusive 100% bonus and up to $3,000 to bet on sports. Take advantage of it, especially for this weekend. It will prime and pad your bankroll so you have plenty of money to bet the Super Bowl. So go to mybookie.ag, sign up using the promo code CHASER, and get ready to bet on the NFL. Speaking of the NFL, I want to give a shout-out to... uh, a guy I was talking to on Google Plus, his name is Eric Anderson, is a Steelers fan, talking a little bit about Patriots, um, Tom Brady. And he was actually talking about how, although he gives all the credit in the world, think Tom Brady is one of the greats, he thinks that any quarterback can succeed uh, in this Patriots system. And of course, he points out uh, Matt Cassell and how well he did, although they missed the playoffs that time. And we went back and forth. I'll never call it an argument because I love to talk people, talk to people about sports, and I like to disagree. But what I really want to hear is what you think. Do you think Tom Brady, uh, uh, excuse me, do you think any quarterback could play well in this Patriots system? I mean, he also pointed out to the first four games of the season when Brady didn't play. So if you agree with him, let me know. If you disagree, let me know. I'll feature right here in the segment again. Hit me up on social media. But Let's start with this weekend. I want to give out a few props for this weekend, and I will start with the NFC Championship game. First of all, if you don't know what props are, they're they're almost like little side bets on the game that you can make. They're very popular in the Super Bowl, but they're gaining traction with playoff games, especially when there are just a few on the board like this weekend. And, I mean, there is a ton to choose from, depending on what you think what you really like. I mean, you can choose on the margin of victory. Who will score the first uh, TD? You can. Who will record the most passing yards? Who will record the most receiving yards, the most rushing yards? Will there be a defensive touchdown? Will there be overtime? Will there be a safety? There's a long list of props. Again, check out mybookie.ag. They will have a long list. Most sports books do because you want to make sure you have the most to choose from. Also, here's a little tip. If you've never played props before, just because you, you bet on props does not mean that you have to bet the props that favor the team that you think will cover the spread. It doesn't always happen. Let's say you pick one team to cover the spread and win the game. They may win the game, but the opposing quarterback may have more passing yards because he's constantly trying to catch up. So there's a lot of strategy that you have to deal with when you start betting props. But once you start doing it, you'll you'll never stop because they're a load of fun. I'll give you a few. 
If you listen to the last episode of Chasing Ball Game and my breakdown in the NFC Championship game, you know I like the Atlanta Falcons to beat the Green Bay Packers. And I do like a few of their props. Actually, the one I like for the best is the Falcons to score first. I think they get out to a big start. Um, if they win the toss, I think they're going to take the ball because they want to get that lead over Aaron Rodgers and make that thing even more more um, one-sided, at least the Packers' offense, more one-dimensional. But then again, I like props, which both teams could cash for me. For example, I'm on the over 56.5 yards for the longest touchdown in this game. This one, to me, makes sense. First of all, these teams both pass, and they both pass a lot. They both have uh, big throw capability. We know about Matt Ryan and what he can do with Julio Jones and pretty much anybody on that team. And then Rodgers, of course, he's the king of Hail Marys. Not to mention that we have two horrible secondaries for these teams. So, uh, to me, I like that prop. So, the two props I'm going to have, Falcons score first, touchdown by either side, over 56 and a half yards in this game, which is a long touchdown, but I think it's going to happen. If you have any props that you want me to break down or any props that you just want to share that you like, again, hit me up. I love doing it because I know I'm going to have a laundry list of props for the Super Bowl because that's where prop betting is king. But let's get right to it and talk about the Patriots and the Steelers. Arguably the biggest game of the weekend, AFC Championship game. I shared some good information all week on this game. So listen back to some of my podcasts. But I'm going to look at both sides. I like to do that because this, to me, is going to be a good game. Let's look at the latest line. Right now, again, I'm seeing the Patriots. You can get them at 6 Almost across the board, there are still a few five and a halfs out there. So if you like the Patriots, make sure you shop around. About 58% of the money coming in is on the over. Uh, most of the wise guys, as I pointed out earlier this week, have the Patriots at two points better on a neutral field. So even with New England's home field advantage, the line should be closer to probably a field goal than a touchdown, the four or five range as opposed to the six, seven range. So a little bit of value. New England's received 56% of the spread tickets, 53% of the spread dollars. So it's kind of even down the middle, which is good. Now, the public's been riding the Patriots all year, and I can't blame them. 13-3 and three against the spread, which means they made some serious cheese. Uh, that includes, of course, covering against the Texans the last time out. Patriots will undoubtedly be the most popular teaser play of the week for a lot of people because really all the Patriots have to do is win outright to cash a teaser. And look, I can't blame them. Pats have won nine of the last 12 meetings against the Steelers. They've only lost at home once uh, since Tom Brady and Bill Belichick has been there since they, when they play Pittsburgh. Not to mention Brady 16-3 and three straight up at home in the playoffs. So who's going to win? Let's break it down. First of all, for the Steelers, a lot of people are talking distraction with Antonio Brown. I'm not buying it. I don't think it's a big deal. He came out and apologized. I don't think the Patriots are going to play any better because the Steelers called them assholes. I, I don't think that makes a big deal. Um, on the flip side, I will keep an eye on Le'Veon Bell. He missed practice due to personal reasons, but again, I can't see him missing that game. So let's break it down. For the Steelers, defense has been playing much better down the stretch. We know the Killer Bees, they have a great offense, but their defense is turning some heads, at least mine. They're allowing 17.3 points per game and a nice winning uh, streak to end the regular season. 14 points per game in the playoffs they're allowing. Ex look, excluding the Week 17 game against the, the horrible Browns, they've averaged 6.4 yards per play on offense by only giving up 4.6 yards to whoever they're playing. That right there is outright impressive. I also mentioned earlier this week how I think they have the best offensive line in football right now. Not only are they pass protecting, protecting, but they're making big, big holes for this offense. Le'Veon Bell, 
for he has accounted for 45% of the Steelers yards from scrimmage in the playoffs, highest of any player in the last five playoffs, and he has the second most rushing yards through two playoff games in a single postseason uh, NFL history. So a lot to be happy about, but Big Ben, to me, he has to be better. He really does. In his last eight playoff games, he's thrown seven touchdowns to ten interceptions. He did not look good against the good Chiefs defense. He just couldn't get the team in the end zone, and he threw costly interceptions. And he's been throwing a lot of interceptions. That has to change change if they're going to beat the Patriots. Speaking of the Patriots, good friend of mine, uh, Jack, we were talking today. He knows football, and he brought up the schedule. The Patriots' schedule has been littered with Horrible quarterbacks, not even above-average quarterbacks. I mean, the names are awful when you look at them, and their defense will have to face a little bit more pressure than they faced all season long. Not to mention, without Rob Gronkowski, excuse me, the Patriots' offense has averaged nearly half a yard less on offense. It's the defense that stepped up for this team. They're giving up, like the Steelers during that streak, 4.6 yards per play after Week 12. Pats ranked first in scoring defense at 15.6 points per game and third in rushing defense at 88.6 yards per game. The problem is they can't get after the quarterback. They can't. Against the Texans, the Patriots were able to pressure Brock Osweiler on 15 of 44 dropbacks. That's 34%, but Brock Osweiler held the ball. He's a horrible quarterback. He's horrible. He held the, on average, 2.8 seconds. You're not going to see that from anybody. Plus, he's not as big as Big Ben. Um... I, I just think it's it's a tough spot for this defense who's not been challenged a lot from a quarterback standpoint. Now, again, Patriots all about Tom Brady. Over the last two seasons against the Steelers, he's been perfect in more than one category, throwing the ball between 11 to 20 yards downfield, 9 for 9, throwing outside the left numbers, 10 for 10, between the hashes, 7 and 7. I can go on and on and on. But the bottom line is if you want to beat, Tom Brady, you have to get after him. That's what the Texans did. If the Texans had a quarterback, they would have beat the Patriots. Now, he offsets that blitz, quick passes, and runs, but you can stop that if you can stop the run. And some of those numbers, those perfect numbers I told you, you can almost take with a grain of salt since the Steelers and the Patriots have changed. I don't want to say dramatically, but enough to make me kind of disregard those stats, at least over the last two years. The real X factor in this game is going to be penalties. If you back the Steelers, to me, this is where you'll probably... Be a little worried they come into this game having racked up the sixth most accepted penalties in the league. Uh, They've got the fourth most accepted penalty yards with over 1,000. They reached double-digit penalty flags three times during the regular season, which include the last time they played the Patriots when they were flagged 10 times. And a season-high seven of those penalties came on the offensive end, and that resulted in losing 55 total yards. In comparison, the Patriots... They've had just 98 accepted flags this year. Only four teams had less. So that's the that's the scary part. Uh, Patriots are 25-9-2 against spread in the last 36 home games, although I will mention they're only 1-6 against the spread in the last seven conference championship games. Big Ben 11-6 against the spread in the playoffs. Truth be told, my pick, it's simple. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus the points. I think this game is going to be close. Le'Veon Bell is a beast. That offensive line is incredible. I think you're going to see a much slower game. I think you're not necessarily going to see a high-scoring shootout. I think you're going to see two teams who kind of try to establish that line of scrimmage. I think the Patriots will try to run with their bevy of running backs, um, and they can offset a little thunder and lightning, if you will, to try to take that pressure off Brady. For the Steelers, that's what they do, and their offensive line is producing. They're protecting the quarterback. They're running the ball. So I think you will see, at least at first, 
a, a slower type of game where they just try to set their identity for what they're going to do. And I think this game comes down to the wire. And when any game comes down to the wire, I'm taking the points. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers plus six. Although I do think the Patriots win a very, very close game. Could be even less than three points. So with that being said... You now know my participants for the Super Bowl, the Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons. The line I'm seeing, the advanced line I'm seeing at many sports books, there are sports books who already have prop bets out on lines you can take right now. And the Atlanta Falcons, as of right now, would be three and a half point underdogs to the New England Patriots. I know the Patriots have the experience. I know they have Tom Brady. I know they have Bill Belichick. But give me the Atlanta Falcons to win the Super Bowl. I, I took Atlanta to make it to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the playoffs. Unfortunately, I took them against the Kansas City Chiefs. That didn't work out. But I still want to ride that Atlanta Falcons train. Matt Ryan's having a fantastic season. Their defense is playing good football at this moment. Plus, I can get Atlanta at plus 250. That's a return I do not want to pass on. As of right now, I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons plus 250. I think that's a good future bet. Depending on who actually makes the Super Bowl, that is subject to change next week. But that will do it for Chasing Ballgame. Thank you for stopping by and hanging out. We have some big news. We are now available on iTunes, so you can check us out anytime you want. Please do. Join the fun and become a chaser. All you have to do to be featured right here on the Chasing Ball Game podcast. Hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at Chasing Ball Game. Just like the latest chasers who have followed along, like good friend of the Buckets Brigade, Paul Stanley, not to mention Michael Kreger and Jake Holiday. Welcome to the J- Chase. Glad to have you aboard because it's all about you, the sports betting fans. And together, we are not only going to build an incredible community, we're doing it. And I couldn't do it without you guys, so I really appreciate it. I will be back at it again next week with five full episodes as we start the Super Bowl hype train. Until then, good luck this weekend in the NFL Championship Games. Good luck in the sports books, and win big while you keep on chasing.